Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila. And today we are recording episode number 21, which is our weekly Cubs podcast released on Fridays. And today we have a lot to discuss. Spring training starts on Friday and Cubs spring training starts on Saturday. So we have about a day. (laughs) This is being released on Friday, so a day until spring training. I am so excited. Hopefully, I get to be there. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited to see all the things that we are going to see in spring training with the new guys, young guys, and yeah, just get a feel for this new Cubs team. I think really this year we saw a lot of off-season changes, so I'm super excited to see how those are going to play out um, in the regular season. So this is kind of like a almost like a pregame kind of thing, like a like a movie trailer onto what you're going to get in the full off season, or I mean the full season. Sorry about that. So yeah, so a couple more days until spring training games start. So excited. Like I said, I've been missing baseball a lot, so I'm super happy that things are going to start to get rolling pretty soon, and we're going to have a bunch to discuss about. The hit or miss segment is going to come back. Super excited for all that stuff. All right, So let's dive into things because I have four things I kind of want to talk about this episode. The first thing I want to discuss is extensions, and then we're going to move on to some late additions the Cubs made in the offseason, and then Wilson Contreras, and our last thing, we're going to wrap this up by talking about what we're going to look for during spring training. All right, so the first thing we're going to discuss is extensions. So as we know, the two guys kind of really circulating this extension talk on this Cubs team are Nico Horner and Ian Happ, both guys who've been with the Cubs their whole entire career. They've been in this organization for a long time, kind of went through the steps of, you know, minor leagues and then going through summer ball, everything like that with the Cubs. So they're familiar with the organization, things like that. And they're both coming towards the end of their contracts. So I first want to talk about Ian Happ. So Ian Happ is currently on a one-year $10.85 million deal that he signed this year to avoid arbitration. So that's for the 2023 season. Um, Last year, as we know, he went through a possible trade um, at the deadline. We were at a point in the season where it was clear that we were not going to be contenders at the second half of the season. So Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras were amongst those two guys um, on our Cubs team who were really going to make an we're probably going to make an impact on another team so their names were circulating around baseball a lot Uh, ultimately he stayed and he finished out the season with the Cubs which was I was super grateful for if you don't know I'm a really big Ian Hep fan Uh, his personality everything I like I said I always say I like him more as a person better than a player he's an amazing player Um, but I just love his personality and the way he carries himself so I was super happy to see him on my team for the rest of the year but as we know there was a lot of drama around that um and then it was a lot of talk about extensions after he was kind of remained quote-unquote safe during that deadline time so um that happened last year and then he was also drafted by the cubs he's been with them his whole career like i said this is going to be a six year or i think he's played six years in the league so he's one of those guys who's kind of wrecking up that um time in the majors so it's really cool to see him kind of develop into the player that he is right now last year he had a breakout season probably one of his best seasons of his career so far we know in 2019 unfortunately he kind of had like a 
it was a little bit of a, a rough time for him. He did get sent down, but then he came back up and he showed that he belongs on this major league roster, on the starting roster. So last year he did have a permanent spot at left field and did tremendous. So that's that. A little bit of background history about Ian Happ before we get into things. But let's talk about what the front office is currently saying about extensions. So we know that the Cubs front office, when it comes to contract talks, things like that, they're very much keep, like keeping everything private. Um, they don't really talk about deals that they've offered or, you know, counter offers, things like that. They they kind of keep it short and simple, which I respect. You know, you want to have mutual respect with your player. So t- in order to keep those things private, they don't discuss about it on media, things like that, which I, like I said, I really do respect and I think the players respect. And it just shows a part of the game that we don't get to see a lot, that not everything is publicized and things like that so the Cubs don't like to talk about contract discussions with the public but they will say some things very minimal very simple but they've said that there's been good dialogue on both sides that things are kind of getting moved I guess you could say that uh, they've made progress I mean you could really interpret that in any way but at least we know that they're both talking and that both sides are kind of still in communication about extensions uh, Judd Hoyer said that there really isn't a firm deadline onto when a deal may get done or anything like that. It's kind of just, you know, when it happens, it happens, but they're not putting a strict if he, he must be extended by this time. And if he's not, I'm sorry, but we got to let him go. Things like that. Um, and then the last thing is that they, I, something I really do cherish about the front office is that they don't want these talks about extensions both from, you know, them as an organization, but as well from the media to affect the player mentally, right? We see a lot of the times that the big contract talks, especially, you know, circulating when you might get traded or you're about to become a free agent. It's like all the questions you get asked are about if you're going to stay on this team or do you want to stay on this, this team, things like that. So, Definitely the Cubs do not want that to affect the player's mentality, especially as they go into this season. And we saw it last year with Ian Happ. Uh, He was able to control it well is what he showed, but honestly, we don't know if that really like mentally hurt him during that deadline time where all the questions he was getting asked was, you know, how is he feeling right now? Um, You know, what is he going through? Like, how is it in the clubhouse? You know, the, the communication with Jed or the communication with David Ross, things like that. And it does get to you. I mean, you can put up a front to social media, to everyone watching. But at, you know, at the same time, like inside, it, it probably is really much of a struggle. So um, they definitely do not want that to kind of affect Hap's season um, in 2023, which is really good. So hopefully that doesn't, you know that stays the way it is and nothing is getting kind of too aggressive in a way, just like too, too much, too much. I think that there still is time. Obviously you want, if you're going to do an extension, you want it now better than, you know, end of season and you still can't come to terms. But ultimately you don't want to rush things because then it just gets to the player's head and then you have them going into a season where they don't perform as well. So that's really what the front office has to say about Ian Happ's extension and kind of like where the progress is on that and some of my thoughts. So personality-wise, as a teammate, I think Ian Happ 
is now seen as the leader, especially going into this year. We know that after the core, the 2016 core, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, they all left. It was kind of put in the hands of Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ because they were amongst the two, you know, besides Hayward, besides Kyle Hendricks and David Ross, who were were on that team early on. Ian Happ being with the team in 2017 and Contreras ultimately being in that 2020 or 2016 World Series team, they were kind of now seen as the leaders. You know, the guys who've been on this team for a while now, the veteran guys of the Cubs, you may say. So um, I think this year, now that Contreras is no longer on the team. Ian is really taking that leadership role, and I think that's something that he's very good at. Um, we've seen press conferences so far of him in spring training. Uh, his locker is next to Pete Crow Armstrong's locker, and Pete Crow Armstrong is over the moon about it, saying that he's going to be picking Ian's brain, you know, how can he get better as a player, and I think that's something that definitely shows uh, personality-wise about Ian Happ, just because Pete Crow Armstrong being a really good Cubs prospect, a really good Major League Baseball prospect, and kind of getting to familiarize himself with Major League Baseball is very difficult to do. So being able to talk to Ian about those things, I think, is something that um, it really helps your team, and it's obviously someone who you want on your team for a long time. And then I think he's just, like, the city of Chicago loves him. What can I say? I think he is probably one of the most loved Cubs players. Like Jason Hayward, he's very involved in the city. He has his coffee um, partnership with Connect Roasters, who they roast their coffee here in Illinois. Obvious shirts, he does a lot of things with them. Uh, and then he does a lot of like uh, charity stuff and fundraiser things with golfing and everything like that. He has clothing stuff. The list can really go on, but he is definitely involved within the community. He's done a lot of things with food pantries. So Ian Happ is definitely one who kind of gives you that, uh, how can I say, like personality like Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward opening his um, baseball facility here in Chicago still after he's now with LA is something that really like sticks to you. Obviously, we did see the struggles of Jason Hayward towards the end of his time here in Chicago, but we don't rem- we don't forget what he did prior to that. You know, the player that he was, the teammate that he was. I think anywhere you go, Jason being on the Cubs and he was also in Atlanta, every player who's played with him is going to say just how much of a great guy he is. And I think that's something that Ian Happ and him have similar. So I think, like I said, it just boosts his personality and the way that he is as a teammate. Um, another thing is, like I said, he's just a, a veteran of the team now. He's he's a guy who's been on the team for a while, his whole career, and now that most of the guys have left, he's kind of seen as the one that everybody looks up to, which I think is pretty cool. And he's just a hardworking guy. He focuses a lot about um, training, especially outside of you know, the major league realm. He's done eye training. He just always wants to be better, and I think that's something that the organization, the Cubs organization, really values as they see him. So, yeah, that's just a little bit about his personality, how he is as a teammate, and, you know, the things I see in him. Moving on, number-wise, like I said, 2022 was probably his best season so far. He had 155 hits, 17 home runs, .271 batting average, 72 RBIs. I mean, really, he had a tremendous season with his defensive war at 0.8. But honestly, 
he had the second best defensive war at left field and then having a 3.5 war is just something that he's been improving on consistently as well as how he is at the plate. Ian Happ has shown a lot of consistency last season more than other seasons. Prior to this, we saw a lot of ups and downs. Um, the chart was really just through the roof and then we sank. So this year, definitely a more consistent, but um, hopefully it's something that can keep going into the future of his career. Uh, and he also was an all-star this year and he got a gold glove. So just a little bit of his accolades and things like that. But let's talk about what I think about him number-wise. Statistically, he had a good season. Average, better than average. He's coming off one of the best seasons of his career. He's shown improvement. Uh, the consistency has lacked in years prior to this year. Like I said, hopefully he can start to kind of like keep those numbers the same as he goes on in his career. But like I said, I think it's it's a lot of improvement and major improvement and something that you really value as an organization and then about this player too. So I think the big question here <laughs> is, should he be extended? <laughs> this is going to take me a while. Ah, uh, This is going to be hard. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did shed a few tears kind of prepping for this podcast episode and, you know, doing research, things like that. It, it did get me emotional because I think one of the things I love doing about this podcast is that I consider myself very knowledgeable about baseball. You know, I watch a lot of games. I read all the time about baseball. I, I'm up to date. But um, when you really look at it and when you really like get down to the nitty gritty and start researching and things like that, just expanding your knowledge on a certain topic, you you learn a lot. So I think one of the things I like about having being able to do this podcast is that I get to research on some topics that maybe I wouldn't go too in depth in um, and I learn more and then I can make decisions based off of my research. So... <laughs> With this, it was hard. It was really hard because, like I said, I can go on and on and talk about Ian Happ and how amazing of a person he is all day. And I got the honor of meeting him, as we know. Um, I said that in a few episodes back, but uh, and he's just an amazing person. He gives the best advice, and uh, he's definitely a real teammate, motivator, all of the above. So it, it pains me to say that I think if I was a GM, if I was in the Cubs front office at per, I, I, oh, <laughs> this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. Okay. Realistically and theoretically, I would not extend Ian Happ. <laughs> oh, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, and this has nothing to do with who he has as a person. And sometimes I do wish the teammate that you were and the personality that you had outdid all of the numbers, everything else. And you can just skyrocket with that. But unfortunately, baseball is a number game sometimes. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I got to power through this. I don't think Ian Happ should be extended. All right, so... As we know, the Cubs farm system is tremendous. They're, they're really good. Um, they have multiple prospects in the top 100, um, like MLB rated and everything. And most of those guys are outfielders. We have Pete Crow Armstrong, Brendan Davis, 
Kevin Alicantra, the list can go on. Those are guys who are really good and have shown themselves in the minors. And yes, it's going to take a couple of years for some of them to branch out, some longer than others, um, to kind of get to that major league level and ultimately make their debut. But at some point, I think you have to learn how to let go of some of your strong veteran players and make room for these young guys. As much as I admire Ian Happ and the player that he is, I really think that he, like, that he shouldn't, I don't want to say this, and, and I don't mean this in, like, a mean or disrespectful way, but I don't think he should be standing in the way of these younger guys coming in. A lot of these outfielders have a lot to show. They're young guys, fresh legs out there. And I'm not saying Ian Happ is old. I definitely don't think so. But I do think that if the team wants to move on and turn into this, it wasn't really a rebuild, but a quote-unquote new team, young team, whatever you want to call it, these guys can really help you get there. We've seen what PCA has done in the minor leagues. He's insane. Brennan Davis... Kevin Alicantra, these are guys that you know their names and they're not up there yet. So that's a big thing for me. And I think that's really the ultimate moving point is that there has to be room for these guys to come up. Like I said, Ian provides such a great veteran presence to the team. And that honestly could be needed in the outfield. But I don't think that should stand in the way of these new guys coming up and developing and ultimately having permanent roster spots on this team. Like I said, it's going to take a few years, a year or two for maybe some, but like I said, I want these guys to really show what they got because it is a lot of talent, and I don't want the talent to go to waste is what I'm trying to say. Um, But I'm not against if he gets extended. If he gets extended, then yeah, like of course I'm going to be happy, but I don't think he should start every day. I don't think he should have a permanent spot in left field. I think if they're going to extend him, extend his contract two years, 2024, 2025, by that time, you're really hoping and you're crossing your fingers that PCA, Brennan Davis, Kevin Alicantra, many more should be up and being in those spots. So I think Ian Happ could be utilized right now and probably in the next two years but I don't think a four-year five-year contract extension is ideal so those are my thoughts it hurts me to say it really does but when you look at it in this way you you kind of see um what's better for the team so that's those are kind of my thoughts on Ian Happ moving on to Nico Horner little bit of a different story so Nico Horner is still a very young guy he avoided arbitration this year signing a one-year 2.525 million dollar deal last year he had a really good season and that was his first season being a hundred percent healthy he had 135 hits a batting average of 0.281 55 RBIs and a two defensive war he's really good defensively I think something that Nico Horner really showed this offseason or this season sorry um was his range defensive wise his defensive war was actually tied with Dansby Swanson last season as the sixth best amongst shortstops in the league so funny little 
stat there that really correlates to this whole team this year. But yeah, I mean, the guy's range is incredible. His athleticism that he shows, no matter where you put him, I mean, he's really just going to give you that effort 100% of the time. So really good stuff by him. Um, and he runs fast, 21, 29.1 miles per hour is the sprint speed. That's the 10th best in all of short stops. So pretty good. But yeah, so like I said, the stats are there. Last year, he did have a good and healthy season, which is something that we really missed out on ever since he's kind of come up to the majors. A little bit of ups and downs. It's been hard for him to stay healthy. But last year, we saw that when healthy, he's really good. So that's really what is provided there, what I think people should know there. Um, Another thing is that I think that he definitely has the potential to have a gold glove season, even at second base this year. Um... I think shortstop and second base are different, but he did make 68 appearances at second base in his career. So he kind of has that experience. Now he's going to gain even more starting there this season. Um, But yeah, I think he has definitely the capability to have a gold glove season. Um, Yeah, like I said, he's young and he's I hopefully he can be compatible with Dansby Swanson because the numbers are pretty compatible looking at this and doing some research on stats and everything. They were very similar in a lot of things. So hopefully these two things really work out together and then them two find a good way to kind of um, take over that middle infield. But um, yeah, so moving on to the big question is, should he be extended? And I think that Nico Horner is a guy that should be extended for a long time and maybe even his whole career. With the addition of Dansby Swanson at short, Nico has to move to second. And that's okay. You know, he I think he was very optimistic about it and allows room for his defensive range to expand. And I think it's definitely something that he can handle. Um, we've seen the highlights of everything that he's done. And like I said, the athleticism is definitely there. So I don't think he's going to have any problems with that. Um, and then, then again, that's what spring training's for, right? And practice. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Kind of that, like I said, he made appearances at second base, and he's also had 22 double plays at second base. So with the short amount of times he's been there last season, he definitely had a lot to prove. And yeah, I think Nico is definitely a guy you want on your team for a long time. A lot of the guys, a lot of his teammates kind of described him as resembling what the Cubs team is in whole. Um, And I think Ultimately, when you hear that, Nico Horner is definitely a guy that you should build your team around. Um, with Dansby, with you know, Dansby is there for seven years. So with him, um, especially the new guys, PCA, Brennan Davis, Matt Mervis, it's good to have that veteran presence there. But at the same time, having a young and good team is what really fuels you ultimately in the end. So. Like I said, Nico Horner is definitely a guy that the Cubs should kind of learn to build around. And I'm just super excited for that middle infield athleticism that's going to be there. So I definitely think that this is a guy who should be extended for the long run and who should finish out his career here because I think having him at second or even wherever you put him, he's going to excel. So super excited for that. But those are kind of the extension talks that's been going on, what I think about it, things that you should know. And yeah, so moving on, let's talk about some late additions that were recently added to the Cubs roster per se. 
So the Cubs added both Michael Fulmer and Edwin Rios. So let's start off with Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer, right-handed pitcher, signed for one year, $4 million, and he previously played last season with the Twins and the Tigers. Was traded, so Twins and Tigers, both teams. And he's been in the league for about six or seven years, I'm pretty sure. So with kind of like the signing of him, that moves Cody Hewer to the 60-day injured list, which was kind of known, obviously. He had Tommy John in March, so provides another arm in the bullpen, which is pretty good. Uh, last season, he didn't have too bad of a season. 3.39 ERA, uh, 61 strikeouts, only allowed four home runs, and 28 walks. But yeah, so like I said, I'm not too mad about this, honestly. Like I said, one year, four million, not a lot. But it also provides a good veteran pre- presence in the bullpen, which I think is something very important that you need, um, especially with the mix of guys that we have this season. So super excited about that. Excited to see where it goes. Um, and then a guy that I really want to talk about, Edwin Rios, signs with the Cubs as well. One year, $1 million. He was previously on the Dodgers for his whole career. He was previously on the Dodgers, and they signed him as a third baseman, but he could really play anywhere um, within the infield. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit of first base, too, and I think he's going to be utilized as a DH as well just because of the amount of power that this guy has. So last season, he only played 27 games. He's had a little bit of an injury slump. Um, he was with the Dodgers. He was up there, and then unfortunately he had an injury, So last season, he was trying to come back for that and really work up to get to the player that he once was, per se. And ultimately, the Dodgers didn't really see that in him, so he got DFA'd, which was something very... It it hurts when that happens, you know? You work so hard, and you have this goal to get back to where you want to be after being injured, and it was a pretty severe injury, too, I think. And just to kind of be shut down hurts. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited the Cubs gave him an opportunity and a chance, and I know that he's definitely put in the work and is going to put in the work. But anyways, 27 games, 86 at-bats, 21 hits, 7 home runs, .244 batting average with 17 RBIs. Not bad, honestly. Like I said, he was signed as a third baseman along, you know, we do have Morrell, we have Patrick Wisdom there as well, but I think he could also handle first at times. I know we have a bunch of first basemen, Eric Cosmer, Trey Mancini, Matt Mervis, even Patrick Wisdom can play a little bit of first, really. So just adds another guy to the list, but that isn't, you know, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I also think he can come in clutch at times at DH a lot. That's if he makes a starting roster, but I think... DH could be a really good position for him Um, and I think one of the things that we really see like a trend with Edwin Rios is kind of the thought of less power and more contact honestly the he's a big and strong guy he makes contact a lot a lot with the ball and I think that's something that is kind of the opposite of what we see in Patrick Wisdom I was trying to compare the two a lot because a lot of them, they're getting talked about right now. And kind of just the differences and the similarities kind of mix well together. I think that it really provides a platoon for Patrick Wisdom. As we know, Patrick Wisdom struggles at the top of the zone a lot. And I think that's really where Edwin Rios excels in. Um, And then Patrick Wisdom is just great at the bottom of the zone. And that's somewhere where 
Rios isn't too fond of. So I think that provides a really good position for the Cubs in their lineup when thinking about that. But yeah, I mean, the guy's still strong. He had a 15% barrel rate in the majors last or for his career. So I'm super excited about this, kind of just to see the contrast between Wisdom and Rios. So I think it should be good. It should be sneaky, I feel like, for this Cubs lineup. I think a lot of teams aren't going to be expecting this. But yeah, so those were kind of like the new guys that were added on late in this offseason. Um, let's move on to my favorite topic that we are going to talk about today. Ooh, it's going to get a little heated in here. So listen up, folks. All right. I want to talk about Wilson Contreras because he has been on my mind lately and for all the wrong reasons. So let's get it started. So if you don't know, and maybe this is just a little bit of background information, get it refreshed, get it in your head. Wilson Contreras has recently signed with the St. Louis Cardinals. Five years, $87.5 million. That's a lot of money for a good amount of years. He was on the Cubs 2016 World Series team. Uh, he was with the Cubs for his whole entire career, picked up from Venezuela by the Cubs organization. He's had about 13 seasons, six years in the majors with the Chicago Cubs organization. So um, he was a pretty loyal guy to this team, to this front office, to this fan base. And... Let's just say he's been all the drama and not for the right reasons. So let's start off. First of all, this is not, let me preface this and say that this is not at all me shit-talking on Wilson Contreras. This is not what it is. I'm just saying the facts and saying what he said and saying how I, as a Cubs fan, think about it. All right? So I just want to get that out there. Let's talk about first. First thing, he signed with the rivals. He signed with the St. Louis Cardinals. Have been, and they've been rivals with the Cubs for a very, very long time now. And he knows that. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't sign with another team just because of a rivalry. That is definitely not what I'm saying at all. But I do think it does provide a little bit of drama there. Especially when you're optimistic about it. Now listen. What I've seen on social media, I know not all of it you could believe. I understand that. But the way he's interacting with the fans, the way he's posting about it, the way that the managers are talking about it, the players, the things that they're saying about him, it sounds like this guy is pretty happy to be there. And it's almost too optimistic to be there and too excited to start this new journey of his that it it just gets to you. And I don't, and I think because maybe in some way I see it that he's doing it on purpose. And I think he wants it to bother people. And I'm pretty sure it is working because honestly, it did get under my skin. But ultimately, let's, let's keep going. Let's talk about this. All right. So he's excited. He's excited to be on this team. He's saying many good things about the Cardinals. He's, he can go on and on and list why he's so happy to be part of that team. He tried on the Cardinals jersey even a few months prior to signing with the Cardinals. And he said, quote unquote, it was a perfect fit. So he's had his eyes on this team for quite a while now. And we know that um, Wilson Contreras is a very good catcher, um, probably top five in the league. And with the recent retirement of Yadier Molina, who is arguably one of the best catchers in all of Major League Baseball, he wants to fill those shoes. He wants to be a part 
of a legacy and a team that Yadier Molina was on, which honestly, I respect. Yadier Molina is someone who will definitely go down in Major League Baseball history. So if you want to honor him by playing on the team, okay, go ahead. That's not a problem with me. But I'm going to talk about later on why now I have an issue. So anyways, he wants to fill the shoes. Those are pretty big shoes to fill, man. But okay, you know what? You do you. But now here's the problem. He keeps talking about us. He keeps talking about Cubs fans, saying that we're going to be crying for a long time because our team supposedly will not improve this season and we're not going to have a good season. And I mean, to this, I should mention that he also did leave on kind of bad terms with the team. I don't think that the bond with David Ross was fully there. I don't think the bond with the teammates, especially not the front office, including Jed and Tom. So, okay, the relationship was bad. It didn't end in good terms. It didn't end in a nice and happy way. Okay, neither did the did it when the rest of the core left. But they didn't come out to the fans. They didn't disrespect or take it out on the fans and say, you know, these comments that really weren't necessary. Especially, especially when this guy was was the quote-unquote leader of the team. He was one of three guys last year excluding David Ross, who was still part of that 2016 World Series team. And he took it upon himself, let me mention that, to be the leader, to kind of step up. And let me tell you, this is not looking too good right now. All right, so that's really that's really everything that's been happening. I'm going to share what I think. I wrote down a few bullet points so I can make sure to get to everything. All right, I get it. An extension wasn't made. It probably hurts, honestly. You've been with a court, with an organization for a very long time and the mutual respect, you wanted it to be there and you wanted them to see you like you see yourself because honestly, they've been like your second family. I understand that and I respect that. And Contreras has all of the rights to be upset with why they didn't give him the money that they deserve, why the organization, why the front office didn't pay him. Of course, he should be upset about that. But just because he did not have a good relationship with the front office or the coaches does not give him the willpower or the rights to go and be disrespectful towards the fans. These are the fans who paid to watch him. This, these are the fans who gave him a standing ovation when everyone thought that he was going to be traded. The people who stood up for him and preached and literally took to Twitter, took to petitions to tell everyone, to tell the front office to voice the opinion that we wanted him on our team. Many people went out of their way to go and say that Wilson Contreras is a guy that I want on my team forever until the rest of his career. And he does this. And he repays us sort of in this way. It's it's on we Cubs fans don't deserve this honestly. We don't. Because ultimately, like I said, we're the ones who pay to go and watch him. We're the ones who stand up and clap when, you know, this might be his last at bat, his last plate appearance at Wrigley Field. We gave him the curtain call. We praised this guy. And now he's coming out with these rude comments. Like, it just doesn't make sense. 
I think there's a huge difference between being a leader and then being cocky. Two different things. I'm going to say this. Wilson Contreras had that leader demeanor in him. He did. But ultimately, I think there were times where he put himself in front of the team. I think he he put he goes on and he talks about how much work that he puts in to be a catcher because honestly, it might be one of the hardest positions top 2 besides the pitcher positions in baseball. So you have to put in a lot of work. There, that's something that you need to do consistently. But when he's praising it time after time, saying all the things that he's doing, saying that it's unfair for some people to say that he's not working enough or things like that, stop praising how much work that you are putting into your job because that is something that you should be doing. And that's something that I do not I'm not fond of at all. I admit that the dedication that he puts into being a catcher and the dedication that he put into his our team was a lot. And I respect that and I'm grateful for that. But I do not think that it's fair now for him going and talking to reporters and saying that he like the tons and tons of amounts of work, work that he's put in and kind of using it as like leverage almost when that's your job. When you're supposed to be doing that, you're supposed to be putting in the work, putting in the effort, putting the time outside of practice to be a better player. That's what you signed up for. That's what you signed the contract for. So I think that is something on its own that I, I'm i not okay with him saying. So, I mean, I that's really like more of the defensive things that I have to say about it. It just pretty much gets me annoyed because... Like I said, Cubs fans don't deserve this. We really don't. We didn't tell him. We weren't like, F you when you went to go to the Cardinals. You know, it was obviously like you're upset. We make jokes, whatever. But it was never like that. The amount of thank you posts. The amount of, I'm so grateful that you were on my team. And for him to say, they're going to be crying for a long time. Or for him to be, for him to feed off of this is something different and it hurts it really does as a as a Cubs fan so I don't know all I'm saying is that I really hope that he owns up to all this stuff that he's saying all this stuff that he's saying about filling in the shoes of Yadier Molina being that next legend per se is saying that you fill the shoes of Yadier Molina's a big prophecy that you have to live up to or not that's the only thing that they're going to remember about you that's it is that you didn't live up to the expectations you put yourself at. So if there's anything that I need to say is that Wilson Contreras needs to stop talking and get to work.